0: Welcome back to the Be a Better Ally podcast. My name is Trisha Friedman. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. On today, I am so excited to be talking to you about an upcoming, soon-to-be-released book, Door by Door, How Sarah McBride Became America's First Openly Transgender Senator. Our special guest today is the illustrator who worked on that amazing book. I was very fortunate to get a sneak peek preview of the book, and let me tell you readers, it's one that you are going to want on your personal library shelves, your professional development library shelves, your classroom library shelves. Meredith McKean Kimball is an illustrator, author, and world champion taco cruncher whose work has received several very fancy awards, such as the National SCBWI LA Mentorship Award. They are passionate about creating books that are like a snuggly blanket, an open window, and a very accessible door. Meredith is also passionate about donuts, corgis, and ghost stories. We don't get to talk about tacos and donuts on this episode, but we do get to talk about the powerful opportunity this brand new book is going to bring to classrooms around the world. I also want to give a shout out to Meredith's publisher for organizing a very special giveaway of the book for one lucky listener of this show. Regardless of wherever you are in the world, if you'd like to enter to win a free copy, drop me an email my email address is over there in the show notes in the show notes you will find out information about the special guest as well as a link to a great fundraiser that meredith has organized if you are going to pre-order the book there will be a donation made to one of the trans charities that are linked there please do check out that link welcome to the show meredith thank you so much for coming on the show sharing your insights listeners the illustrations for this book uh blew my mind they're gorgeous they you know i I know that as we've had a few different picture book authors on the show who talk about that dance of collaboration and how important it is the the storytelling and the illustrations just blend so perfectly for me as a reader. We're talking about the book Door by Door, how Sarah McBride became America's first openly transgender senator. It's available for pre-order now, and it's going to celebrate its book birthday on May 9th. Mark your calendars. Meredith, can you talk to us about how this collaboration came to be uh, and what drew you? I didn't actually realize the pun I was making there. Apologies. What <laughs> drew you to it?
1: Well, um, thank you so much, Trisha, for having me on this podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, okay, so the start of a collaboration. Um, I, I cannot totally speak for Meek Pincus's genesis, but we read in the back matter and so this is, this, you know what I know, um, that she had read an article about Sarah McBride. So really it starts with Sarah McBride, the person herself, and her story is truly inspirational. Um, she's the first trans person to speak at a national convention. She's the first openly trans woman to, to work at the White House. She's the first openly transgender senator. And um, what I found so inspirational about Sarah uh, as well, was her um saying things like um at the uh, the national convention she talked about how her dreams and her identity were mutually exclusive or she felt like they were at the time and um instead of retreating inward um sarah uh decided to move forward and embrace herself and because of her um loving herself and her identity she uh became this truly aspirational figure and she opened doors for LGBTQ folk, folks, but specifically trans folks. And I think that that's a really beautiful story. So I obviously, uh, Meek was touched by her story. And um, she mentions um, that she, uh, you know, talked with some of her. She found that she had some trans folks in her life that she loved. And she was thinking about how few books she had read about the trans experience um, for myself. I'm a non-binary person. And as a kid growing up, I, I cannot think of, I mean, there were some books that talked about gender roles, but I read zero books about gender identity. So I never saw myself or my experience as a child. And there's an othering that happens when you don't see yourself and your experience. So the, um, the fact that I had the privilege and the honor to illustrate a book that talked about experiences that I had had as a child was exciting and inspiring. So, like I, I, I don't know, I was just excited that we could. We're, we're, we had this. There are more books out there that talk about um, LGBTQ plus folks, and that's really exciting. Um, but we, we have. It's there's still a deficit. So it's just it's it's a privilege to be able to work on books that help our community out and help the kids see themselves, um, in these books. So, um, let's see, Did I, I don't think I addressed the whole thing. Let's see the collaboration. Okay. So we're all inspired about Sarah McBride and, um, and Meg Amik wrote this really lovely book. She, um, you know, it got acquired by Kelly Delaney, who's an editor. She was an editor at Knopf, which, um, and now it's, it's, she's now at Crown book for book for young readers and the book traveled with her, so it's now being published with Crown. Anyway, so Kelly sent it to my agent. I read it, I cried. <laughs> and um, and uh, and I got the privilege of illustrating it. Um, I'm uh, I don't know if that answered the question. <laughs> totally meandered a bit.
0: <laughs> no, it did. I and I mean, there's two things that really struck me about what you were saying. and and a, you know, and I'll, I'll include this research in the show notes about, yes, there are more books forthcoming but you know still of course by comparison as you say we definitely need more so I'm so excited about this book that's coming out May 9th Um, also because you know if we're thinking about subcategories like books about civics you know picture books about civics I am totally and I, I really try to pay attention to the world of children's literature and picture books. I'm really struggling to think of another example um, you know when when we are doing sort of nonfiction studies, you know a, again, I feel like this book is going to be relevant. I know that sometimes we will do you know we'll see teachers do sort of like a diversity unit, you know but I, I think we have to have that representation across, other units of study also, and what you were saying about this book being great, of course, for our community, for the LGBTQ community, it's also great for the uh, the folks who don't identify as LGBTQ. I, I think often of Dr. Rudine Sims Bishop's "Mirrors, Windows, Sliding Glass Doors." Listeners, link to that in the show notes, uh, and it's also so important, of course, for other children to also, you know. It's it's not necessarily always just about my identity, but the identity of all of the types of folks who exist. So um, again, it's it's a fantastic book. I'm so so thrilled to see it coming so soon in May ninth.
1: Um, Can I just add to that? Um, please do. I I I think that that I when like you were talking about how we have these units where we talk about a diversity moment. And when you talk about it for a month or a week or a day, there is an othering that happens. And, um, when we have, just as you were saying, when we have a nonfiction picture book about a political person who is also LGBTQ that humanizes our experiences and that is what we need. We need to be seen as humans because that is what we are. So, um, Yes, I completely agree with you. We need more books because we need to be counted as part of the human family and not um, a mascot or I, I hate to say that term, but like, it feels a little bit like if it's in gentle terms, it's there is still an othering to it.
0: Yes, thank you. Thank you for for adding that. And that's where I feel like readers, educators, if we want to support and make sure that there are more books. Um, You know, we were talking before we started the recording about how important it can be to make sure that your local library is pre-ordering. Pre-orders really support authors and illustrators. So if you cannot make the financial commitment to do that, nudge your local librarians. You know, there's um, quite a few libraries that now they make it so easy just online. You can have a request form. So in the show notes, I actually have... Uh, a little template that takes five minutes out of that, uh, that process away from you where you can just copy paste, send it to your librarians. Um, again, I, I think again, the the more we can support, the more we can be reviewing, uh, you know, I, I try to make sure I'm keeping up with my Goodreads as much as possible. All of those are great spaces, I think, to amplify and also word of mouth. Um, I don't know about you, Mer- Meredith, but like, you know, oftentimes books I will read, it's been recommended to me either by social media or by a friend. Um, I, I don't know if it's you want a friend to book network. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. Um, what's wonderful is, of course, there is some waiting time for for readers to uh, to get their their eyes on your gorgeous illustrations. But they can get a preview um, as well as other other illustration work that you've done. The link to your website will be in the show notes, so that folks can get that preview. I feel like, as you were saying, you know, as an illustrator who really sees Sarah McBride as an inspirational person, I'm guessing there must have almost been um, like a weight of responsibility that you must have felt about, you know, capturing and conveying Sarah McBride in this book. Can you tell us a little bit more about that process for doing so?
1: Yeah, actually, um, there was a really heavy weight. Um, (laughs) I'm sure... Okay. So I want to start off by saying when you're inside the LGBTQ community, you are your own self and you don't represent anybody else's experience. So there were, when I read Meek's manuscript, I was like, oh, I I identify with parts of this, but Sarah's her own person. And I definitely wanted to honor her own gender, uh, gender journey. I wanted to honor who she was as a person and not insert myself into this story. So, that was extremely important to me. I think also considering a trans person who, you know, has gender dysphoria and has had, you know, uh, pain and sorrow with her, the identity that she was raised as, you know, or that her, her uh, you know, being raised as a boy, that is a painful experience for her. And it was a, there was a lot of thought and, behind trying to, Address who she was seen as versus who she was inside. And that was really important that I got the tone right for that. We were um, we were very uh, uh, privileged to be able to have Sarah to she read the manuscript. She looked at the sketches she did do. She had some certain notes on things. Um, so that we could, uh, like I said, honor who she is as a person.
0: You know, I'm wondering how common that is, actually, that when you are doing that biographical work that, uh, you know, again, if, if the, the person we're talking about is fortunately still alive, how, how common is that, actually, that you'll be able to have that interaction with them? Uh, that must have, you know, I'm taking a, a, a guess here that that must have been just an amazing experience to be able to hear directly from Sarah McBride in terms of, you know, coming along on on the journey of bringing this book into the world.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure how common it is. Um, I couldn't speak for that. But I can say that I feel like with specifically with this book, I can't imagine how we could have created this book without her involvement in it, because her thoughts on how she is portrayed and how she is seen is so integral to the story and who she is as a person and without her approval and, uh, and, uh, uh, you know, without her uh, connecting with this book, we, we couldn't, we couldn't make this book, I think. So I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I the, the more books that we have that come from um, about our community, I think that it's important that publishers mm-hmm. do involved the, the, the subjects with
0: the book and you know the the the
1: kind of other bonus is there
0: is a note in the book from sarah mcbride as well that um i I find really touching so thanks for including that um meredith on your instagram account which listeners i'll also make sure to link to in the show notes uh you have this great post where you're sharing the the cover reveal for Door by door. And I thought it was so gracious that you take a moment to pause and say, Hey, this book is a real team effort. For the audience of this show, we have educators who, you know, often are teaching that art and craft of collaboration. They're trying to offer those moments of rehearsal for young learners to, again, practice, make mistakes, improve. Can you speak to a mindset that you think is perhaps important, you know, if there's a young learner who would love to follow in your footsteps and become an illustrator one day, uh, do you have any suggestions or thoughts on a mindset that's really useful for entering into that collaborative work?
1: Yeah, um, I, you know, when we when we see a book in, in the bookstore, um it is as you were saying it's it's a whole group of people that have made that come to pass I know that I um you know I know who my editor is I know who my designer is my agent actually helped as well and the author so those are the people that I was connected to but there are many other people that had their hands on this process and um without them the book wouldn't be what it is today so like i could create something myself but the book is always i i think that when you go through that collaborative process the end result is always better because we have a lot of people with a lot of different experiences and a lot of different perspectives so i think that when we think about collaboration it's important to remember to um honor ourselves and recognize that we have talents and gifts that other people maybe don't have, but also honor other people's gifts. Like the whole point is the other person has something that you don't have and we work together. And I think a, a huge part of collaboration is, um, you know, being yourself showing up, but also listening and seeing, you know, seeing what other people have to offer and allowing their uh, shiny, uh, sparklyness to, you know, shine through I guess through the book or the or whatever collaboration it is that you're working on
0: That's brilliant. Thank you for that. You know, and that's why in the work that I do with schools, I'll often talk about how identity work is important as almost like a prerequisite for any kind of collaboration, even just sharing, you know, what past experiences have you had when, you know, working with a team or working with others? What does it mean for you to feel supported in a group? Um, and also, you know, like What's your collaborative style? You know, do you really need to do some work in isolation before you're working with others? Uh, and then I'm thinking, even you know that feedback process, which can be so hyper personal. you know I, I work with teams sometimes where it's like, let's practice that self-advocacy of what am I ready for feedback on? What kind of feedback actually at this stage is not helpful? or you know I'm not there yet. Uh, and, and what might be some of my, you know, I, I would love for you to really just look at this one piece so that it's not, you know, we're not saying to students, okay, ask for feedback. And that ask is like, what do you think? Because that's, you know, even for the feedback giver, it's sort of like, well, I, where do I go with this? I'm wondering if in the process of of you creating these gorgeous illustrations, that feedback process um, does that mirror your experience? Do you, you know, are there things where it's like, for example, you know, this is not like a non-negotiable, but, um, you know, yeah. th- you, you have a style as an illustrator, right? So to what extent do you have some say or, um, you know, do you have that, uh, that option to sort of do that self-advocacy or even that idea of, you know, asking for really hyper-specific uh, pieces of
1: feedback? Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's such a meaty question. So I'm trying to like divide it in my brain. Um, (laughs) I, I think that self-advocacy is such a great word that you used. I think that when you collaborate, you do have to be an advocate for yourself. You also mentioned before, and I completely agree with this, that you kind of have to know who you are as a person. And we, we sometimes, um, put the burden of, um, learning who we are on the youth <laughs> but like that's a lifelong journey right um and so knowing who we are knowing what we have to bring to the table and knowing when to stand up for what we believe in is important in a collaboration absolutely I think some some you know when I think about um the kids that I've interacted with and um maybe my kids self I I felt really confident in this space and I felt like I, at, you know, when I was younger knew everything and I was going to do it all right and nobody could have had anything else to give. So my angle, my, you know, something that I've tried to learn better as an adult is to um listen more and hear what they have to say and see if it actually, you know, applies to what I, you know, what, you know, what we're trying to create together. So um I let's see. I'm sorry if i did i miss a part of that question (laughs) no
0: i i love that you know it's it's like a balance right you know it's yes we need to learn and practice and constantly and as you said you know like life lifelong journey we need that listening element and i i'm almost like envisioning like a seesaw here of i need to be a great listener and i also need to know when to really stand up from my vision, I I don't know if you're familiar with it's a podcast that was turned into a TV series called Song Exploder, and it's sort of like one song at a time. The creators behind it kind of talking about how that song came to be, you know, why it's um, one of their more influential works within their entire repertoire. And there's this episode with REM, with um, you know maybe what's considered their most famous song. Losing My Religion and Michael Stipe talking about, when they were working on that song, uh, everyone was saying, this does not sound like a rock song. No one's going to want to listen to this song. You can't lead with this with the first single off the album. Um, and he kept saying, like, the sound of this, you know, I believe in this vision, you know, this this is essentially what we're going to do. And, uh, you know, for him, it worked out. And, and I'm wondering how often, You know, artists are constantly on that seesaw of um, I need to listen at times for feedback and also at other times I need to stand my ground. So I really appreciate you bringing up like it's it's a balance.
1: It is a balance. I think it's um, I mean, I'm going to say that I was extremely lucky with the team that on this book, I felt like our collaboration, collaborative efforts were easy. Um, It never felt like anyone was taking up too much space with anything. We all were working together. I think part of it is that uh, this book felt so important to us all. So we were doing our best to make it the best for what it was meant to be. But um, I have worked on other projects where the collaborative effort took more effort on all of our parts and you know part of that maybe has been you know you do need to stand up for yourself if you truly believe in a vision and sometimes especially as an artist people do not see what you see inside your head even if you give them a sketch like it's not going to be the final so um so standing up for yourself if you really strongly believe in it is extremely important and then also i have found that i try to do my best to when, when I send in my sketches or my roughs, kind of do a better job at visually explaining what I'm going to be doing with my next steps. So being clear is helpful too, but um, yeah. So it's like you said, it's a seesaw, it's a, or a dance, or it's a, it's, there's, there's efforts on all sides, but um, yeah, I think that when, when all, all parties are invested and um, all voices are heard, you know, that's when, that's when beautiful things happen.
0: Mm, that's, uh, that's a wonderful thought, I think, for us to wrap up on. So last question, folks who are listening to this, librarians, teachers, readers of all ages, who they would love to connect with you, they'd love to perhaps invite you, uh, you know, to be a virtual guest. Uh, what's a great way for them to to reach out and, and connect with you to see what potential there might be?
1: Um, yeah, I would love to connect. I'm on social media, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook somewhat uh, and Twitter, which is a complicated place to be these days, but um, it, my handle is at hello, Meredith, my name is unspellable and I don't know how to change that. So, (laughs) so I apologize, but, but you can probably the link in the show notes would be the best way to click on that in my website. There's a contact me page. You can contact me through that, or you can find me on social media.
0: Great, and we'll make sure that the links are there. Congratulations again on what is a remarkable book. I'm looking forward to celebrating May 9th when um, it is finally live for everybody. But again, listeners, those pre-orders are super important. So if you have the capacity to do that, please do. And also please do remind your librarians to do pre-orders to make sure that there's plenty of stock to hit the shelves.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on this show. You're amazing, Trisha. I love this podcast. So (laughs) appreciate being a guest. (laughs) Thank you. Maybe we'll have you back again. I would love that. Uh, Yeah, let's do that.
0: (laughs) To learn more about the soon to be released book, Door by Door, as well as Meredith, head over to the show notes. All the links I promised are waiting for you there. If you have a moment rating and reviewing, this show is a great way to support independent queer created media. I'll see you again next Thursday.